And I always say, don't quit your day job until your business starts to pay for itself. Welcome to the Designers Plants and Coffee podcast, where we discuss how to succeed as a designer while staying true to yourself, finding peace in the process, and making money doing what we love. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into it. As you can see, we are all dressed up because it is Fashion Friday Q&A. We've talked about sequins, so guess who decided to wear them today? I am Naima, along with Zahia and Letitia. We are your hopefully fashion gurus. Today, we are going to address some of the questions we got in our fan mail. We got a lot of questions from the episode we did previously about how we started our business. We have a question I'm opposed to you ladies that says, when starting your businesses, did you allow your passion to fuel your creativity and your craft? Or did you just do it and say, I'm going to make something and toss it out there and see if it works? It was more of my passion fueling my creativity. And I say that because I was doing it before I ever thought about a business. I just love to do it. It was so easy for me to do. And I would do it like for my family. And it's like, oh yeah, this could be a business. <laughs> For me, it was pretty much the same as Tish. I got into it because I didn't like what I had to wear. So I learned how to sew and I was sewing for my family. Like I said, I'm the oldest of seven kids and being a Muslim, there's two Ids every year. So it was like always like the night before I'm sitting there sewing for like seven kids, which is insane. <laughs> so like every Id, all of us were like lit. So that's what we did until, mm-hmm. you know, the, the community started asking questions like, oh, did you make that? So yes, I did. Then I started getting clients and then because my father sold for other brothers in the community and he was the entrepreneurial one so that's how I got into entrepreneur and sewing for people and that kind of stuff but that that was just the sewing aspect yeah I think for me it's it's a little bit of both I've always been passionate about fashion and sewing and creating things and so I let that passion and that creativity turn into a business so it's kind of twofold so my creativity became my passion which became my business I think we're all speaking the same language a little bit. (laughs) You can't start a business and not love or even like or even want to be invested in what you do. So your passion is always going to fuel your business. That's some good point. I think it's on the journey because when I started the sewing, the passion of designing and creating my own clothes led me into like the textile design and Mm -hmm. the screen printing and the fabric design, all that kind of stuff. So yes, it was the passion. It was also creativity because I was always like trying to make stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> before yeah. even sewing came mm-hmm. about. But then I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. I learned everything around the sewing and creating clothes mm-hmm. just to fuel that. So the textiles and, you know, everything. So we can get into how I got into textiles <laughs> another time. But the passion, the creativity is what fueled the business. It sounds like for you that sewing led you into other parts of your passion, your creativity, right. which have now overtaken the sewing as your passion exactly you know, because you do more design you don't sew as much right so yeah i just sew so that i can design i do textile right. so i can design it right. gets so that i can get the designs out the way that i want i was like okay i make the first piece okay now somebody has to make it because right. i, I <laughs> I don't I don't like doing multiples of anything. And <laughs> as I'm since you mentioned it, as I'm thinking back, I would say once I started learning about sewing, then learning about pattern making, and then with pattern making, making sure if and technical design, I'm really just a problem solver. Mm-hmm. A problem right. solver of and really like and which is kind of crazy because I hate math. 
but <laughs> but um, with the problem solving with technical design, I also discovered over the years being in the industry, also being as a manager, you having others under you, I'm showing them how to do things. And then that came into me wanting to show them that also came into teaching, but I'm also right. now teaching fashion. And then realizing that as a professor, like I'm always a student. So there's other things that I wanted to get into and learning like hand embroidery and learning tambour beading. Like I hunted my professor down. Hey, <laughs> Professor Robert Haven. Uh, I failed <laughs> because I wanted to take this tambour beading class. So I went to Philly. I lived yeah. just for this class because I really wanted to learn it. But in discovering the embroidery and the stitches and noticing, hmm, this is the same stitch that we do for hand sewing. Then going to the beading class and this is the same stitch. And also yeah. like it's the same stitch for, for crochet. It's the same stitch for those who have um, those lace front wigs. Same stitch. Side then, note, Tish helped me with my wedding dress the night before because <laughs> the beads, I'm serious, the beads on the skirt were like coming off in the seam. Yeah. So she was there, like, I don't know what time of night, but she was in there with the, the beads, sewing the yeah. last bit of beads back on so I didn't have a patch of skirt. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. That is a yeah. flash. Right? Yeah. And that's where the passion comes from. Because just doing that for, you know, family, mm -hmm. doing that is how the business came about. So that's Good. how I um, definitely say look for your, your passion. We we had an episode where we talked about finding our niche. Your passion is going to lead to that niche yes. thing that yes. you love. So, And your passion will help you for the rough days. Yes. yes, because there yes. will be some rough days. There will be some rough that days. passion to fuel you <laughs> yes. through those times. Check, yeah. check out episode two where I talked about those rough days and how yes. many times I've quit in my head and just <laughs> something happens and I keep coming back to it. Or um, I sew a blazer the wrong way. And I'm like, I just want to light a match. It happens. <laughs> so that it. will lead into our next question, which is what should an entrepreneur prepare for when starting a craft-based business? I will say you have to distinguish if you are doing a business or a hobby. That's number one. Are you doing this to make money? Are you doing this to get into stores? What is your reason for doing this? So that's what I would start with. What else should you prepare for? Taxes. Right. Uncle Sam, his statewide cousins, your county <laughs> sisters, everybody is coming for their piece of your pie. So if you're not quite ready to get a tax ID, because once you get that, it opens up a whole new thing mm -hmm. in business. We have more questions about like the tax ID and stuff, which we'll address on the next Fashion Friday. But really, you know your P's and Q's. Be mindful of what you put out and what you bring in, because that's where you get into that sketchy hobby versus craft versus business territory. Because if you're just selling enough to buy more fabric and make more things, you're not in business. Right, right. You're fueling your hobby. So you want that income to be sustainable. And it's going to take a while to get there. Trust me. You're going to, you're, you are your first year. You may only be making enough money to buy more fabric or make more things, but you know, it gets better. Once you learn that this is actually what you want to do, you know, take some time to figure that out before you spend the money to establish your business. Naima says the EIN number, you have to get that, but then you should register your business as an entity. So either people do sole proprietor when they 
first start, but I would always do an LLC at least. And then there's ways to file your taxes as an LLC. So we want to get into that on another episode when we start talking about the the back end of the business. But that is something that you have to do. And also when you start the business, you have to know whether you're going to be selling retail, wholesale, you know, to online or shipping, all that kind of stuff. So you really have to work that stuff out because that hinders your pricing and how you price your product. Because if you're selling wholesale and you're selling retail, you have to sell retail on your website so the wholesalers don't get mad. It's when you're getting started, you really have to understand the structure of your business. If Especially if you're selling products like physical products online, you really have to understand how you're going to structure your pricing and getting into margins. And you really have to understand how you're selling your stuff so you can price your stuff well. We'll get into the math later. Yeah, we we'll talked about math on another episode. Because <laughs> that can go on for days, for real. It can. It really can. <laughs> That's three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts about starting your craft-based business, Letitia? I would say you also need to understand who your customer is. Because everybody is not your customer. You really have to come to terms with that and being okay with that, that everybody is not your customer. They're they're just not. But you need to know without a shadow of a doubt who your customer is and literally write up a customer profile. Who are are you marketing to? And that will help you to answer all of the other questions about your business, about the price point, because you know who this person is. And also, once you know who your customer is, find out where they shop. Who is your competitor? Because that's also, once again, that's going to help you. But um, you also need to understand when you have a business, some of the items, this is not a, this is not a business where you're going to sell everything that you like. Okay. It's not really understand that because otherwise we could just be shopping in your closet, but (laughs) you're trying to reach a broad range of people and you really need to do your research on who this customer is. Because some of the items that that customer loves, you may not like. That's a very good distinguishing point. There are a lot of times when I make something and I was like, what in the world was I thinking? This is hideous. And it'll be the first thing that sells. And I'm like, okay. I think identifying your customer is a very good point because it also takes away from that self-doubt when people are saying, no, this is too much. I don't like it. It's not worth it. They're not your people. And your people will come. You will find your people. You will find your tribe. I have had had customers who have been my customers since I was selling at pop-ups out of a beetle and they still will order things faithfully and wait for something new to come out scarves but yeah so any other thoughts on that one thing that I add it's a process it, is. it takes time it's not going to be an overnight thing you know yes. the the Instagram life is Instagram life <laughs> you know it's not it like right overnight I mean people when people pop they've been working for 10 years before that and then yes them pop. so it's just like it's a lot of work and just be be ready for it you know it's it can be fun you can cry you can have you know have fun do everything but just be ready for the work because it it is a lot and you can take a break it's okay to take a break if you are feeling overwhelmed and you've had a horrible season take a winter break every january i take a break i take all my sewing machines in for cleaning i do nothing in january but that's because i've worked i've had a really busy season but that's the perfect segue into our next question, which is, how did you begin your business? Was it pop-up? Was it a website? Was it word of mouth? Was it social media? Well, Hmm. I I started my business before social media started. I I was thinking that, but I was not going to say it out loud. Listen, we're we're, we're aging 
episode. <laughs> I think Facebook was out and, and Instagram maybe had just started, but I started with pop-ups. I'm saying we're older than Google. I've had multiple businesses and I started a lot of them before social media was popular. So when I was sewing for people, there was no social media. That was word of mouth because there was really no other way. And I was young, so I didn't know a lot of stuff. But like Naima, my second business, when I got into textiles and, and you know, designing graphics and t-shirts and stuff like that, and I did a lot of pop-ups just like Naima. And I used to go to different fairs around New York. I went to Philly, but that also happened. That's when the internet that remember dial-up? We tell I remember a company okay. I was working right. for. We got free internet because the company was affiliated with AOL and we got free internet and they gave us this little key card and it would have running numbers on it. And that's how you got to your free. You have to punch that number in. Yes. If you missed it, you have to punch that number in all over again see, see that. to dial up. So that's what I was dealing with when we started the internet thing. Because yes. when I had my second business, when I was doing the pop-ups, I realized once the internet became more popular, it was more lucrative to have a website than to necessarily do all of the pop-up. Like find which ones work the best for you and you go to those because you can make a lot of money of those. But yeah. the subsequent ones, I stopped doing and I was selling stuff online. So when I did pop-ups, I made people sign papers because we didn't have phones where you can just change <laughs> information. Right. So I had my my list of my email the list. Spiral notebook, email, email list. list. Yeah. So right now, back to the, the, the last question, collect email. Collect yes. email no matter when you're starting, no matter if you don't have a product, start collecting email because your email list is how you sell. Email list, honestly, is more important than social media, you know? Yes. So have your email Because list. you can offer such tailored It's more of an intimate things. relationship. I need to get back to my newsletter. Thank you for reminding me and that. It's, um, it's <laughs> that really marketing. I mean, if they think about it, when you go into a store, they ask you for your email address. And yeah. then um, they send you all of these ads, but they also have affiliates that send you information yes. and send you... Um, um, ads and everything based on that one email address that you gave at that store. And right now, first thing you get when you log on to lovefearlessthreads.com <laughs> is a pop-up that says sign up for email and get 15% off your first order. Every time I sell something and I mail out a package, I put a thank you card in there to say, hey, enjoy 10% off of your next order. So that's the way to drive business to your website. But I am still a pop-up queen. I do them spring and fall. They are my money makers. It's how I connect to my people, you know, and like I said, I have people who have been with me from day one and I have people who just met me last week and they've all created this community, this Fearless Threads family. So I still do pop-ups. I like them. Back's getting a little old, so I don't know how long we can keep this up. <laughs> um, uh, social media is tricky for everyone because of the algorithms and the way they do all of these things and you have to post so much and you have to know these keywords. So if you live with anybody from the ages of, I would say, 16 to 25, hire them as an intern. You don't have to pay them. <laughs> feed them. Feed them. Teenagers love to eat. But have somebody who can create a reel in a TikTok with their eyes closed and have them do your social media for you. Social media is a job in itself. If you Google social media manager, they make a lot of money. So if you can afford to have someone do your social media for you, I say do it. 
Absolutely. I definitely agree with the social media because especially with TikTok exploding right now with um, the TikTok shopping. So you definitely want to get someone that is more savvy with it. But um, for me, how I start, I did not start with pop-ups only because of the nature of my business. Mine was more word of mouth and people referring others to me to tailor their clothing. So I actually was doing alterations and tailoring and doing custom garments and all also teaching a couple of seminars on how to dress for your body, but also helping them to learn tips and tricks that a good tailor will save you a lot of money, but will also give you the look that the clothing that you're wearing was literally made for you. So I would okay. say, um, yeah, my I, mine started out a little different only because of the business that I... Our final question for the night is what has worked well for you regarding promoting, running, and maintaining your business? For me, word of mouth. Word of mouth is very powerful if you have a really good system in place to do that because people trust people. It's like if you yes. recommend something to someone, they're like, oh, okay, let me let me do that. And yeah. I mean, for me, word of mouth has worked tremendously. That's how people recommend you. I'm going to put in place a referral system so yeah. it can be automated. So someone, you know, can actually refer you to the website and maybe get a commission if it's a sale. So that's another way that it works. I'm not very good with social media because I'm not on it the way I need to be. I don't know. It's just, I guess it's the nature of the social media. Yeah. Introverted person. <laughs> yeah. And see, for me, the way word of mouth has worked out for me is people will say, oh, I know somebody who does that and refer me to different things. I talked about one of those experiences in one of the other episodes where I ended up in a museum shop. You also have to be wary of word of mouth where it comes to doing things that you don't want to do. Every April and May, I get 59,000 requests for prom dress. Naima does not make prom dresses that you need in two weeks. But, you know, I appreciate And I always say, you know, thank you for referring me. That's that's not what I do. Here's the name of somebody who does that because I'm very good at referring other people. I have no problem referring other people who want to do that. But um, I wear something fearless threads every day, an earring, a headband, a jacket in the winter. I am my brand. I carry my own grocery bags to the store. So you have to be your brand, you know, until you get a brand ambassador. Hire your friends to be brand ambassadors. Give them 10% commission if somebody uses their code on your website. There's so many ways. Like I said, we could talk about this for hours in another episode also. But social media in the way we communicate now has made it so much easier than, than what we started with. Right. You can go onto a website and they can populate your emails for you. All you got to do is hit send. So it's a thing. Don't be afraid to, at the beginning, look at um, some things as opportunities where you may not make a lot, but it's yeah. really good exposure. And I say that because I did a full makeover class for a group of women at a church uh, several years ago. I was literally just, okay, I'm going to put this on and I'm going to give them some tips and, you know, help them to feel better about themselves and embracing the bodies that they have. Uh, I did that and I wasn't really looking for a big payout. It was more of, I really wanted the exposure yeah. and I really wanted to get a lot of, feed a lot of feedback. Yeah. That's a really and good they point. Actually got to see how they looked when after the makeover, then, yeah. you know, they took pictures and they were so happy and that was word of mouth. That's a and really that good point. I was just approached to lend some items to a play that somebody's putting on. They say, oh, would you loan us a couple of pieces? And I said, okay, 
I mean, you know, I, it's not something that I'd ever thought about yeah. doing. So don't look at it as people always wanting a handout so much as how will this be of a benefit? Like, will this actually give me a little bit of more exposure and bring me some new customers? But the the feedback that Tish was talking about, you can use that as testimonials for your yes. website, yeah. you know, yes. because testimonials add to the credibility that you have. So, I mean, just like Tish and Aima, I also lended my clothes when they were doing photo shoots. Like my husband is into music and when they had artists, I, you know, when they do a photo shoot, I put my clothes in it and have them credit me at the bottom, you know? Yes. So it's just like, you have that, you get that exposure and then you get testimonials from those people, you know, if they already have a name or they doing something and that you can use that if it's not money, you can use the testimonials to, to help you get money from someplace else. And you can also barter, you know, yes. because yeah. if it's, it's mutual beneficial, like yes. you get exposure, they get, you know, an item or whatever. Sometimes in the beginning, it's not all about money. It's more about exposure and getting yourself out there. And that's actually, it's going to come back to the passion because you may not make a lot of money um, to start out. You may have to do things to get exposure or to get, or to barter. So you really, really need to be passionate, have, um, do something that you are passionate about. And I always say, don't quit your day job until your business starts to pay for itself. Well, ladies, we've reached the end of our very first Fashion Friday Q&A. Love the sequence. Yes. Night was rocking the sequence. Is it a whole top or is it a like a dress? What is it? It's the top. It's a it's a like a crop top. A crop top. A crop top. I did not know it was a crop top when I bought it. I ordered it. I won't stand. So yes, love the sequence. I'm wearing a blazer from the the on 34th, available in Macy's right now. Okay, so everybody's saying what they're wearing. I'm making a me made. Uh, basically, yeah. this is one of the patterns that's going to be on the site. So yes, like very Naima nice. Was saying you always wear your own stuff. Well, that's all for now. I'm Letitia Winston of keeping you in stitches, along with Naima Dozier of Feelers Threads and Zahia Dulkarim. Yay from Cover Me Sheet. Check us out next time. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.